0: The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz
1: Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at ronnie the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. You know, we've been talking a lot about on the Broncos Blitz podcast, the future, what the Denver Broncos should be doing, the trade deadline, rookie quarterbacks, this, that. I want to I want to zoom in and let's just talk about this weekend as the Denver Broncos travel to Minnesota. Is this a bit of a trap game for the Minnesota Vikings who uh, at seven and three are looking really nice, but... Denver Broncos coming off a bye week. They are rest and rejuvenated. That means two weeks for Vic Fangio to plan for the Minnesota Vikings offense. What do the Minnesota Vikings do very, very well that the Denver Broncos will have to stop? We'll discuss that today on the podcast. But first, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and they jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela and that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. And on over there to Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com tab 14.com. Zach Seegers can join me on the podcast as he usually does every week to talk about the matchup. Uh, Zach, where can they find you on Twitter and uh, where can they find your work at my
0: Hey, Ronnie, they can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z A C H underscore S E G A R S. And then at my Sports, just doing some uh, preview and review content still for our, uh, uh mid season little bi-week look. We, uh, had another round table come out this morning. And then, yeah, I had a good midseason preview looking at all the uh, up-and-coming young superstars on this Broncos And state.
1: you know what? Let's start with that round table because the round table, and, and by the way, there was going to be a round table basically that is released that's focusing on the offense, which is already out, the defense, and we may even do a little bit of special teams as well too. Uh, but this particular one is uh, in regards to Ed Donatel and the defense. Now, I've always said that, Ed Donatel is kind of like an extension of Vic Fangio. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, to me, it's honestly very difficult to uh, evaluate Ed Donatel because this is Vic Fangio's defense, and so I, I think there are certainly uh, notes that that Ed Donatel gets a lot of credit for. And and I've always said this with Ed Donatel is the little things because with the little things. We saw that greatly in training camp, him working with the secondary in particular. Um, But your evaluation of Ed Donatel and how he's done with this defense so far as uh, the unofficial, official, unofficial halfway point of the mark this season, if you will, has hit with the bye week. I
0: I think he's done a great job. Uh, Like you said, it is Fangio's defense. Fangio is calling the plays. He's the head guy. But I imagine Ed Donatel still leading or spending a lot more time with uh, those defensive guys than Fangio is just because Fangio has a whole team to run now. Uh, and, and you mentioned it talking about the little things and, and Ed Donatello really focusing with the secondary. And I think that's what you've seen more than anything. He's the, the secondary. I, I think a trait of Vic Fangio's defenses and, and Ed donatello has been a part of a lot of those is getting the most out of secondary pieces, you know, last year in Chicago, they high, had the highest coverage grade as a team that pro football focus has ever given out and their secondary wasn't the most talented. It had Eddie Jackson and excellent safety, but outside of that at cornerback, you had Kendall Fuller and Bryce Callahan who are really good players, but they're not uh, the Legion of boom or anything like that where we really Ed Donato is so good at just getting the most out of all these players. Duke Dawson didn't work out with the Patriots, and you've seen him come in and play really well for the Broncos.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we we give some spotlight to particular players in these roundtables, and I do want to touch on those really quick. Um, Devonta Harris was mine because, you know, look, everybody in the secondary is getting a lot of praise from Chris Harris Jr. to Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, you know, a lot of players who are real, all pro-calibers. But, man, this Devonta Harris guy is just such a crucial, crucial part of this Denver Broncos defense because, remember, this was supposed to be Isaac Adam. This was supposed to be the Isaac Adams spot that was going to step up. Uh, he struggled immediately in game one and really hasn't recovered since, and Devonta Harris has come in. And, look, he has had some up-and-down moments, certainly, but overall is holding his own. And I think it's some of those little details maybe that uh, Devonta Harris is is really working on with Ed Donatel that has really helped out this defense. Now, I want to swing to the offensive side of things because we did have a offensive um, uh, roundtable as well, too, and and get in in relation of this game coming up against Minnesota because this Minnesota defense is very very good. How do you how do you even game plan if you're Rich Scangarello to try to beat Minnesota with Brendan Allen as your quarterback, knowing that look this offense was not that great with Joe Flacco as the starter. I guess Brendan Allen showed a little bit of flash, but quite frankly, that was against Cleveland. How do you game plan to beat Minnesota on offense?
0: I think you've got to go through the running game and your star running back, Phillip Lindsay. Uh Mike Zimmer and this Minnesota defense is incredible. And what Mike Zimmer's known for as a defensive mind isn't coming up with the big play defense that has buku sacks and turnovers. But what he's good at is disguising it. His defense throws coverages that... the at the quarterback that he doesn't see coming and pressures coming from all sides. There's a cornerback blitz with defensive linemen dropping back in coverage. It's, it's nuts. It's the hardest defense to decipher in the league. And that's going to be a real challenge for Brandon Allen. I think you have to establish the run early and not let the Vikings force you to be one dimensional and roll through Brandon Allen. Even though the secondary of this Vikings defense is probably the weakness. You're not going to win this game because of Brandon Allen. If the Broncos win this game, it's going to be in spite of Brandon Allen. And I think it's important to remember that and go through your stars. Go through Phillip Lindsay, Go through Royce Freeman. And then when you need to throw it, throw it up to Cortland Sutton or Noah Fant, who's on a bit of a hot streak, and and, and hope for the best.
1: I think this is a uh, – it's funny because I'm going to take the exact opposite angle. I actually think this is a game that they will win or lose based on Brandon Allen's play. If there was a crack in the defense of the Minnesota Vikings, and look, I don't I don't mean to say that there's a – a major crack or anything like that, but if there's a slight weakness, it's third down in trying to get off the field. Uh, Minnesota ranks very basically mediocre, sixteenth, uh, dead middle in the in the league. Everything else, they are a borderline top five defense. Okay, I, I just don't know if this offensive line trench play is going to be huge, but I think you're going to be forced into those third and seven, third and eight several times where. Brendan Allen's just gonna have to make a play. Uh, he's gonna have to make a play. There is no way you don't win without him at least moving the chains. And and I think there may be a slight crack there in the idea that look, if you could stay on the field, now all of a sudden this defense begins to tire, and you play this fatigue game, and then you play the the time of possession game, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well the the Minnesota Vikings. It's funny because they're kind of playing this good. If they don't have the football, they can't score. But that's how good Kirk Cousins has been. So. I think if you're the Denver Broncos, you're looking at the idea of staying on the field on third down. And even if that means a drive that gets to midfield, that gets to the 40-yard line, and you're just not in field goal range, and you got to punt the football away, I consider that a win of a drive because I think the only way for Denver to win this game is it's going to have to be low scoring. It's going to have to be a 17-10 type grinded out game where you get that one play or that one home run that hits and and you score the touchdown, that basically is the difference. So uh, certainly going to be interesting uh, coming into the game this weekend as the Denver Broncos and Minnesota Vikings lock head. Of course, uh, we've been talking about the bye week and, and zooming out, now zooming in on the actual game. We'll give you the three keys to the game as well, too. That's next. So again, welcome back to the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip and a jump away from Coors Field. Three keys to the game. Uh, I'll let you start, Zach. What is the first biggest key for a Broncos win in Minnesota this Sunday?
0: I think it is to face those third and shorts because like you said, they will need Brandon Allen to make some plays. And if Brandon Allen plays well or bad, that how well your quarterback plays is always a huge determining factor on how the game goes. But, again, I don't think they can run the offense through Brandon Allen. That's asking way too much for him against a Mike Zimmer coach team and and a very talented Minnesota defense, even though that the secondary Xavier Rhodes having a down year um, is the weak point Trey Wayans possibly being injured. Uh, But you're going to have to get those third and shorts. And uh, because, yeah, you'll need Brandon Allen to make some of those plays on third and long. You're not going to get third and four, third and three every time. But the Broncos have such a low third down conversion rate for a reason. They, they don't have the firepower to maybe make the Vikings pay on those third and longs. And I think you need to stay ahead of the sticks. I think that's the most important key to the Broncos. If you get too many of those third and longs or second and tens and you become one-dimensional and let the Vikings know what's coming at them, uh, they're, they're just a more talented unit on defense than the Broncos are on offense, and they'll be able to shut them down.
1: It's Broncos team on offense, I think their big key is, is first down running because the first down run game sets up those opportunities. On Look, they are forced into third and 12 all day long. They're going to lose the game by, by 10 points. Um, but if this trench, and maybe more in particularly the trench game, maybe I'll just translate that to my second key of the game, is winning the trenches. Because if you win the trenches, then on first down, you are rushing for five, six yards a pop, and then all of a sudden you're setting up these second in shorts, third in shorts where the playbook's open. I mean, you can, you can go deep, you can, you know, hit those home run balls. You can hit, just take check down for the first down. Um, and, and so I think that is such a crucial part of it is just owning the trenches. And I don't know how they're going to do that because this is a Minnesota Vikings, Steve, that in the trenches is very, very good. And quite frankly, as we've seen, this Broncos offensive line is mediocre at best this is a Broncos team that if they can own the trenches and then have good success on first down running the football, I think they're going to do very, very well.
0: I agree with that. And I think, yeah, it's going to come down to the trenches where uh, on both sides of the ball, the Vikings also have a very weak offensive line. That's the weak point of their offense. And if you want to blow up Dalvin Cook in the run game and limit their passing game, you're going to have to win there. I think the trenches are incredibly valuable. Um, And my next key for the Broncos... Uh, would be on defense. Um, What can Vic Fangio do to Kirk Cousins? Uh, There's no quarterback in the league who's more uh, bipolar than Cousins. He'll come out one week, like last week, primetime against the Cowboys, looks like a top 10 franchise quarterback who you can really build your team around. Uh, But then there'll be other weeks where he'll come out and he'll look like the league's 28th best quarterback and like he's one of the worst free agent signings ever. Uh, and, and as Broncos fans are going, thank God we didn't get him. But whatever Vic Fangio does to Kirk Cousins is, is going to, I think, determine this game. If the Vikings are able to put up 24, 27 points, the Broncos don't stand a chance. They just can't hang with uh, this Vikings offense going against a stout unit like the Vikings defense um, if there's going to be a lot of points scored. They need it to be a low-scoring game, put it in a phone booth, and I think there's reason to expect Fangio can do just that. Uh, In his two times last season playing uh, the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, they limited them to 20 points and 10 points, uh, respectively. Um, I think that's huge that Vic Fangio has already seen this guy, and he's had an extra week to uh, cook up schemes and whatnot.
1: 15 touchdowns and one interception in the last, let's see, two, four, six, seven games.
0: It's a hot streak.
1: That's pretty good. Uh, This is a guy who's completed over 70% of his passes, Uh, In every one of those games except for one, Uh, that was the Kansas City game where he threw three touchdowns and no picks. Uh, Kirk Cousins looks like a different player. And I tell you what, as I beat the drum for Kirk Cousins constantly, I would have loved to see him here because these are the type of numbers I think that he is very capable of. These are the type of numbers that are going to win you a lot of football games in the NFL. And obviously, the Minnesota Vikings are benefiting from that. Um, He's
0: looked good, but I mean, four games into the season, you had one of their star res- receivers publicly demanding a trade because he was so upset with sure. Kirk Cousins' quarterback play. Yeah, I, I think the numbers inflate Kirk Cousins more than than he he plays.
1: Well, I, I, and I think you know earlier in the season there were there were other issues. I mean, Kirk Cousins' statistics weren't the most god awful that we've ever seen in the world. Um, certainly, they were not. I think I think more importantly. You know, Kirk Cousins is always going to be dealing with this issue of the contract. You know The contract's going to have this d- tremendous, outrageous expectation because it's the fully guaranteed deal. And so there always going to, is going to be that. But when you zoom out and you scope out and you kind of look at it and you kind of compare it to everybody else's, it's like, okay, well, he, he started the season with five touchdowns, two picks, and his completion percentage was under 70 in those first four games only once. Yes. I mean if it you I'll, I'll take that to the bank any day of the week if if you're an NFL no, team. No, the stats
0: the stats are good, but I still think he's like an Andy Dalton where, you know, whatever the surrounding talent around him is kind of what you're going to get out of him. And he'll have those hot games where, you know, there's been games this season like against the Cowboys and I don't have their schedule in front of me, but there's been games where he's looked um absolutely dominant like like you're saying, like a top 10 top 5 uh, quarterback. And then I think a lot of times the the stats are inflated for him. Like, yeah, he has those incredible numbers, but he's also throwing to two borderline all pro receivers. And he's got two great tight ends. I mean, their rookie tight end Irv Smith jr is not, not getting enough love. Um, Kirk cousins, it doesn't scare me too much, but because he can have those red hot games, I think if he has one of those, if the Broncos allow him to get red hot, it is going to be ugly quick.
1: Yeah, I think this is a Minnesota team that is just overall better than the Denver Broncos in, yes. in, in many ways. Uh, Kirk Cousins is just a better quarterback than Brendan Allen. That's that's very obvious. Undebatable. Uh, when it comes to rushing, look, Dalvin Cook's had 1,000 yards. Uh, this is a guy who's probably going to finish somewhere in the realm of sixteen, seven hundred 700 yards. And by the way, their backup has more yards than Royce Freeman does. Uh, this is certainly a receiving core that is just far better than Denver's. You mm-hmm. talked about Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Thielen is third on the team in receiving yards and he has more yards than uh, uh, the Denver Broncos second wide receiver, which I guess in this case is Emmanuel Sanders, which maybe is an unfair compared comparison apples to apples because he's no longer on the team, but it just gives you an idea of how much better this Minnesota Vikings team is. Even when you go down to the offense between uh, Hunter and Griffin and the amount of pass rush that they provide, uh, this is just a Minnesota team that I think in just all phases is just better than the uh Denver Broncos. Uh, my my third key in 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 this game is going to be turnovers and and I think it's going to be one of those where look on the road when you're a bad team cuz that's what the Denver Broncos are. They're 3 and 6. Yes. They're a bad team. Yes. You've sometimes just got to get lucky. Sometimes you just got to have those moments where you snag a turnover cuz you strip it out here or a guy drops a pass and it's tipped up or whatever may be the case, or maybe just Kirk Cousins just has a bad game. Uh, Turnovers are going to be so critical. This is a uh, Minnesota team that when it comes to actual turnovers, they're not ranked horribly, but they tend to drop the football a little bit. So this is a opportunity maybe, if you will. Now the problem is with this game being at home, you think that the comfort level is going to be a little bit more higher for this Minnesota team. But I, I think you've just got to get at least a turnover or two buy yourself an extra possession or two, and maybe throw off that Minnesota offense and maybe they don't score 24, 28, 30 points uh, and be as successful as they've been over the last couple weeks.
0: And that's a, that's a huge key uh, Ronnie. Absolutely. When the Broncos have forced multiple turnovers in games, they're undefeated this year. They're two and uh outscoring opponents, 36 to 13 and the Chargers and Titans are good teams. They're not in the playoffs right now, but they're two teams right on the bubble of uh, uh, making a run there. And in games when the Broncos haven't forced multiple turnovers, they're one in six. Um, so I think that's going to, especially against a team as good as the Vikings in that brutal uh, road environment, I think you're going to have to flip, uh, force multiple turnovers if you want to win. Uh, my final key is, goes to uh, the Broncos cornerback depth and how does Duke Dawson and Devonte Harris do uh, shutting down that excellent wide receiver depth of the Vikings. You, you mentioned it when you think about the Vikings number two receiver, you think clearly Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs. It doesn't matter because they're both legit number one guys. Well, the Broncos have the exact opposite problem where I say, who's the number two receiver and you go, maybe Fred Brown at this point their number two guy. Uh, it's going to be huge if the Broncos... I'm not worried about Chris Harris Jr. I think he'll shut down, for the most part, uh, Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen, whoever he's asked to cover. The other side is where I get worried. What is Devontae Harris able to do against Adam Thielen? Uh, Because he's looked good um, so far this season. He had his toughest uh, matchup last game against Jarvis Landry, and he did a good job in that matchup. But this is a whole other beast, and it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to uh, uh, live up to it
1: couple things to watch for in this game. Chris Harris Jr. needs an interception to join Mike Harden as the only Broncos with multiple interceptions in eight consecutive seasons. We'll stick with the defense as well, too, where Von Miller is uh, sitting on 102 career sacks. That's 30th all-time, by the way, in the NFL. He needs one sack to pass Jim Jeffcoat into sole position at 29th place, and three sacks would get him into the number 27 spot, passing Kevin Carter and our old friend Neil Smith uh, Cortland Sutton needs a receiving touchdown in 13 yards to eclipse his rookie season totals. And obviously he's going to probably get that in the Minnesota game. That kind of gives you the idea of what kind of year he's had as, uh, he's, he's really blossomed. So special. Yeah, he's absolutely. So special. He's, he's really patted on. And I've talked about this guy a lot and really adding on to, um, a stellar year in his second year. Philip Lindsay, who's got 15 total touchdowns through 24 games, needs one touchdown to become the second undrafted running back in NFL history to score 16 touchdowns within his first 25 games. The only other person who did that and did it sooner was Arian Foster at 22 games. And then lastly, uh, this guy has been playing some of the best football in his career. Derek Wolfe needs a sack to match his career high, which he set as a rookie in 2012. He is sitting on five right now. In 2019, So certainly a lot of things to watch for in this game if you're a Denver Broncos fan. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter where we will be keeping up on this game. And of course, the Broncos on the road in Minnesota. You can find more keys, info and breakdowns. What will be the difference? And of course, for those roundtables we talked about on offense, defense and special teams, you can find it all at milehighsports.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RonnieKRadio. K radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio. On Twitter, Zach, where can they follow you on Twitter? And what have you been working on on MileySports.com?
0: They can find me at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-G-A-R-S. And, Ronnie, I've just got uh, uh, three keys to this game piece coming out. And then, uh, again, more draft coverage. Uh, this week I looked at the uh, defensive line and who the Broncos could uh, pick up there because Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf, Adam Gotsis, and Mike Purcell all have contracts expiring this season it's unlikely the Broncos keep all those guys. They're going to have to uh, add some more hog mollies on the defensive line.
1: Yeah, they're absolutely going to have a lot of change coming up. So certainly uh, we'll, we'll uh, stay updated on MyLifeSports.com on who the Denver Broncos could be looking at. But, of course, the focus is this weekend, Broncos and Vikings. That, by the way, is a 11 o'clock start here in Denver. So keep that in mind. That'll be up on CBS. So... We'll be, of course, tweeting about it as well, too, on Twitter. Find coverage post game at milehighsports.com for audio, video, player breakdowns, all that good stuff. Of course, I want to say thanks to our friends over there at Tap 14. As we wrap up the podcast, Tap 14 on the web, that's tap14.com. Strongly encourage you to go on over there and check out the rooftop. Even on chilly days, that's a heated rooftop as well, too. And quite frankly, the adult beverages will keep you warm anyways. Go on over there to Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Tap 14com tap Fourteen. Com. We're all done for the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to follow the Broncos Blitz Podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether it be on, oh, let's see, we'll start on TuneIn, or maybe it's on iTunes, maybe it's Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, or, of course, MileHighSports.com, where you can find all the details on the Denver Broncos. That's MileHighSports.com. MileHighSports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit
0: milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.